just rob him. Now, don't forget, men and women, this Tuesday is Valentine's Day. It's Valentine's Day. I am available all week for marital counseling. <laughs> so I remind you, Tuesday is Valentine's Day. Mark chapter 14 this morning. Mark chapter 14. Let's turn to Mark chapter 14, verse 26. Mark chapter 24, 14. And let's, let's start at verse 27. Mark chapter 14, verse 27 this morning. Mark 14, 27. And Jesus saith unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered. But after thy am risen, I will go before you into Galilee. And Peter said unto him, Although all shall be offended, yet will not I. And Jesus saith unto them, Verily I say unto thee, to thee that this day, even this night, before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. But he spake the more vehemently. If I should die with thee, I will not deny thee in any wise. Likewise also said they all. The title of the message this morning is, Can You Handle Being Offended? Can you handle being offended. Father, we thank you for this morning. And in life, the reality is we're all going to be offended. Offenses come. <laughs> maybe because someone didn't get a card on Tuesday. Or maybe because something that was said or something that was done, a bad attitude, a bad action. But in life, offenses come uh, very frequently. Sometimes Oftentimes, because we get in the flesh and uh, things hit us the wrong way, but they're just a reality of life. So, Lord, I pray, God, as we have seen this situation in the scriptures where Peter and the, the disciples were offended because of what Jesus said, help us, Lord, to look at our lives and ask the question, what will happen when we are offended? How will we handle it? Because surely as we're sitting here this morning, maybe today or certainly probably this week, there's going to be some instance, a certain circumstance in where we can get offended. Oh, God, I pray you'd help us and teach us. And may we take what we learned today and apply it to our daily lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Nearly almost four years ago today, or not today, actually, February the... 21st, I believe it was, two, two, uh, 2018, Billy Graham passed away, went to heaven. <clears throat> Afterwards, I remember during that time, I heard the testimonies of his, of his family, especially one testimony that, that stood out to me was the testimony of his youngest daughter, Ruth. <clears throat> and uh, interesting enough, as I was going home Wednesday night, I heard her testimony again. She said that she'd been married for some 20-odd years, and the, the marriage ended in a horrible divorce. And after that horrible divorce, some of her family said to her, well, you, you might want to move out of the area into a different area. And so she took the advice of her family and friends, and she moved, got involved, thank God, and that's a good thing to do. She got involved in another church, found another place, found a church. And the pastor introduced her to another single gentleman in the church and they started spending time with one another and before long they started dating one another and this got serious pretty fast and they were talking about marriage and family and friends were calling them and saying hey whoa what's going on here uh, this is kind of fast it's kind of sudden are you sure and she thought to herself well they don't know what they're talking about They've never been through a divorce like this. They don't, they've never been through a struggle like this. I'm old enough. I'm, I, can, I, can, I don't need to hear all that. So she went forward in it. She married the man. 
And she says in her testimony, within 24 hours, she knew it was a horrible mistake. Within 24 hours. Within five weeks, in horror and in terror, she ran away from the man. And she knew she had to go home and face Billy Graham, her dad. Now, it's one thing for, for a child or a daughter to, to, you know, offend a parent. But imagine being the daughter and having to go say, apologize to America's pastor, Billy Graham. In her mind, she knew she offended the family. She didn't listen to the family. She didn't listen to their, to, their, to their words of wisdom from the word of God. She just did her own thing. She offended them all. Here in Mark chapter 14, as we looked at last week, Jesus had eaten his last supper, his last meal with his disciples. They will, not, they will not eat again until that millennial kingdom, which is coming. And the way that he should eat. They've been discouraged. Judas, one of the twelve, is going to betray them. Oh, what a discouraging thing that would be. That left the disciples confused, and now they're on their way. They're going from the, the, the city, which is not very far from the Garden of Gethsemane. They're going from that eastern gate. He walks through that eastern gate, and there used to be a brook there. Now it's just basically a street. And he goes into the Garden of Gethsemane where he's going to have this wonderful prayer, this high priestly prayer that we're going to look at next week. But Jesus tells his disciples, you're going to offend me. And actually, this is written in prophecy. Zechariah chapter 13, verse 7. Awake, O sword, against my shepherd and against the man that is my fellow. Saith the Lord of hosts, smite the shepherd and the sheep shall be scattered. I will turn my hand upon the little ones. So after his death and betrayal that he tells him of, he says, I'm going to meet you in Galilee. Now imagine all these things that they're hearing all this time. One is going to betray me. And Judas leaves. Sort of thinking probably maybe this is Judas. Then he tells them they're, he's, he's going to, they're going to die. He's going to die and come back again. And he tells them, you're, you're all going to be offended. You're all going to be scattered. And actually the word they're offended means Scandalon, scandal. It's the word mean a trap, a trick. You're all going to be entrapped. You're all going to be tricked. You're all going to be offended. You're all going to fall away. This is going to happen. Of course, Peter, as Peter does often, speaks up and says, Oh, I'll be offended. I won't be. I won't fail you, Jesus. I'll be with you. Think it then. Of course, Jesus knows better. Predicts that he will fail as he does, and we'll read about that in the future weeks. But reality in life, as I mentioned in our prayer, it's easy to get offended in life. And this morning, I want to look at three reasons that we are offended, or three reasons why we as Christians fall away. The first thing I want us to look at is the reality of offenses. That offenses are real. If you live in this world and you think, well, nothing's ever going to bother me. I won't, I'll, never, I'll never have an offense. I'll, I'll walk through this life and I won't have any trouble. I won't have any trials. I won't have any difficulties. If you say to yourself, no matter what happens to me, I'm going to stick in church. I'll never have a problem. I'll no one's ever going to hurt my feelings. I'll never have an issue. Oh, dear friend, be careful. Be careful. These were some of the best Christians in the world at the time. They left everything, and for three years they followed Jesus Christ. Most of other disciples had fallen away, except for now these 12, and actually at this point, just 11. 
And they, I think, in sincerity, in sincerity, in real sincerity, they were saying to Jesus, Jesus, we know you're Yeshua. We know you're the Messiah. They didn't quite understand everything, but they, they really wanted to follow him. They really wanted to trust him. They believed it. It reminds me of another person. Take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 11, verse 1, if you would. Matthew chapter 11. We're going to look at three different passages this morning. But Matthew chapter 11, in verse 1, there's another person who got offended that was actually related to Jesus Christ. His name was John the Baptist. Matthew chapter 11, in verse 1. This morning, look what it says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 1. And it came to pass when Jesus had, had made an end of the commanding of his 12 disciples, he, de, he departed thence to teach him and preach in the cities. Now, when John had heard in the prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said unto them, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? <laughs> Remember, this is the one that baptized Jesus Christ who said, Behold the Lamb of God, who taketh away the sin of the world. This was the cousin of Jesus Christ. But now John's in prison. John is in a prison on the north side of the deep of the Dead Sea, basically in a pit. And he's been there for 18 months. Now, John was someone who loved to go out in the wilderness. He loved the open spaces. Now, John is confined. When circumstances change, our expectations aren't the same. I'll say it again. When circumstances change, your health, your financial situation, loss, job, family, friends, when your circumstances change, your expectations change. His expectations change. So he sends two of his disciples and says, are, are you the one? Jesus, are you the one? Are we to look for another? How does Jesus respond to him? Look what it says in verse 4. Jesus answered to him, Go and show John again the things which thou... You do see and hear and see. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. The lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised up. The poor have the gospel preached to them. Verse 6. Blessed is he whosoever shall not be trapped. Fall away. Offended. When you expect to get the raise and it doesn't happen, are you going to be offended? When you expect everybody in the church to like you and shake your hand and it don't happen, <laughs> are you going to get offended? When you thought you could retire at 65, you've been planning on that for 20 years. 65, you got the day on the calendar. Something happened, you can't retire at 65. You're going to have to go work at Home Depot. Eat or Home Depot? I'm going Home Depot because I like to eat. But your expectations have not been met. You thought life was just going to be like a Disney, Disney movie, uh, the old Disney movies, not the new Disney movies. Well, they, man and wife, meet and conquer all the problems and troubles in the world. They ride off into the sunset. Happy, happy, happy. I can tell you sometimes end of life is not always happy, happy, happy. Whenever I watch a movie with my wife, she always says that it better have a good ending. Because I've watched a few where it didn't have a good ending, and she told me she didn't like that movie so much. <laughs> I'm not showing those around Valentine's Day. No, 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 no. I've learned my lesson on that. Life doesn't always end up the way we think it's going to. But even if it does end up the way you think it to, is God still good? Is his word still true? Does he still love you? Is John 3.16 still in the Bible? Is heaven still real? Yes, it is. But dear friend, there's going to be things I guarantee you they're going to happen to you 
They're not going to be <laughs> going to blow you out of the water in life. They're going to offend you. Why? Isaiah 55, 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways, my, your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God's ways and my way are different. And his plan for me is always perfect, even though I can't understand it or see it or fathom it. It may not be logical, but I have to trust him. Because if I do not trust my father who sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for me, oh, dear friend, I will get offended when a curveball comes. When I thought life was going to zig and it zagged. I thought I was supposed to go left and I was supposed to go right. When life doesn't make sense. But it doesn't reach my expectations. If we're not careful, we'll be offended. Secondly, offenses happen when the truth is proclaimed. Look at Mark chapter 10. A few pages over to the right. Mark chapter 10. Offenses happen when the truth is proclaimed. Mark chapter 10, verse 17. Mark chapter 10 and verse 17. Mark 10, 17. When he was coming forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There's none good but one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor thy father and mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these I've observed from my youth. Then Jesus, beholding him, Loved him and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor. And thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, take up the cross, and follow me. Look at verse 22. This man, he was sad at that saying, and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. This man come to Jesus. He was a rich young ruler, religious, came expectantly, came humbly, but he walked away sadly because he believed that, man, I could just kind of have some good works, do some good deeds. I've kept the commandment. I've tried to do what's right. And though Jesus told him the truth, there's none good. And that's the truth. There's no good, no good, no, not one. Jesus knew the issue of his heart. The issue of his heart was he loved money. He loved his possessions. And that's exactly what Jesus said to him. Sell whatsoever thou hast and give to the poor. And thou shalt have treasure in heaven. Come, take up thy cross and follow me. Jesus would say in another place in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot serve God and money. Paul went on to say in 1 Timothy chapter 6, and verse 10 to Timothy, For the love of money is the root of all evil which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. It was the truth. But that one truth, that man couldn't handle it because he loved his stuff. He loved his money more than he loved God. He loved, if I may say, the temporal over the eternal. He loved the temporal over the eternal. Dear friends, when you tell folks the truth, oh, it's sometimes difficult. But that's exactly what this man needed to hear. He was so close to Jesus, but he left, he left his possessions. He let his money blind him to the truth. 
How many people allow money or things or, or relationships to keep them from Jesus? I remember a young man that I was witnessing to when I was just young, barely saved. His name was Ken. He'd seen my life. We grew up together. We played football together. And I said to my buddy Ken, Ken, this is my testimony. This is how I got saved. This is what happened to me. And he said to me, Marty, I see your life, but I like to party. I like to have fun. And when all my partying days are over, I will get saved like you do. He's my same age and he still ain't saved. That was 33 years ago today. See, friends, if you put anything before Jesus Christ, you're putting something you shouldn't put. <laughs> the Bible says, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. It didn't say, love the Lord, but put the money first. It didn't say, love the Lord, but put relationships first. It didn't say, love the Lord, but put work first. It didn't say, love the, work, love the Lord, but put hobbies first. It said, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. It's either we do or we don't. And sometimes when the Holy Spirit speaks to us in a message or through your devotions, and we know there's something in our life, and that something might be different from each one of us, though we all have some common things that we all struggle with. There may be something in your life that you know that's an area of your life that you've not given to Jesus and the Spirit of God speaks to you. And it's like an offense. I'll do anything. I'll go to Sunday morning church, but I won't do that. I'll, I'll give a tithe, but I won't do that. And God, through the Holy Spirit, will speak to you. And it will be an offense to you. Because you know it's the truth. You know what mine was at 17? It was my rock music. I love rock music. I still love rock music. But at 17 years of age, I heard a message on rock music. Rock music was my Jesus. It was my Jesus. The Holy Spirit of God said, Marty, you can either listen to that, or you can go and choose me and listen to my music. And you know what I had to decide? Oh, man, I struggled. And for three years, I failed at it. But finally, at 21, 20 years of age, I surrendered all. And I called my dad, and I said, Dad, from an hour, hour and a half above Green Bay, Wisconsin, I said, Dad, burn all my CDs. I'm tired of fighting with rock music. I'm tired of fighting with this flesh. Oh, I love it. I would secretly put it in. And the Holy Spirit would convict me every time. And I finally had to give it up. And it was one of the greatest victories of my life. Maybe there's something in your life that I don't know what it is. Maybe it's music. Maybe it's other, some other secret sin or something that you don't, you don't want anybody to know about it. But you know when the preacher starts talking about it or you hear a message about it on the radio, it's offensive to you because you know it's the truth. You know it's the truth, but you're not willing to raise the flag of surrender and give it to Jesus Christ. What offends people? Unmet expectations. When expectations are not met, what happens? How are people are offended because the truth is proclaimed? The third reason why people are offended is because there's very little forgiveness. Look one more time at another passage, Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. Reason number three why people are offended is because there's very little forgiveness. Matthew chapter 18, verse 21, if you would. Matthew chapter 18, verse 21. Matthew chapter 18, verse 21. And Peter came to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my, shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times. That sounds a lot, right? Seven times. Jesus said to him, I say unto thee until seven times. 
not, I say not unto these seven, until seven times, but until 70 times seven. And he gives a parable, and a parable is a heavenly, uh, uh, earthly story with a heavenly message. Here he gives a story, this, this parable. Verse 23, therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened to a certain king, which would take into account the servants. When he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed him 10,000 talents. That, in today's equivalence, is $12 million. The servant owed his Lord $12 million. For as much as he had not to pay, for the Lord commanded him to be sold, and his wife and his children, all that he had, and payment to be made. Verse 26, And the servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. The Lord of that servant was moved with compassion, and loosed him, and forgave him the debt. But the same servant went out and found one of the fellow servants which owed him a hundred pence. That's $20. He was forgiven $12 million. This fellow servant owed him $20. Owed him a hundred pence. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me, thou that owest. And the servant, cello servant, fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Sound familiar? Verse 30, and he would not, but went and cast him in prison till he should pay the debt. And when the fellow servants saw what he was done, they were very sorry and came and told unto the Lord all that was done. And when the Lord, after he had called him, said unto them, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all, that thou, all thy debt because thou desiredest it. Shouldest not thou also have compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And the Lord was wroth. That is about as angry as a person actually can get. He was wroth. And delivers them to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. Now look at verse 35. Look at verse 35. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespass. This man owed $20 million, 10,000 talents. He didn't have it. He was going to have to sell him sell his wife, sell his kids. And it was, in, it was the Lord's right to do so. Different days than we're living in, of course, today. But he was old and he forgave him. He saw compassion. Isn't that like us today? Dear friend, there's nothing I could pay for my salvation. Ten billion times ten billion times ten billion dollars could not give me a day in heaven. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. I'm free because Jesus forgave me. Now somebody who's done me wrong comes by and says, hey, you know, I owe you. I owe you. I do owe you. And I'll pay you. I really will pay you. If Jesus has forgiven me everything, how can I hold any trespass against another person? How can you, blood-bought Christians, not forgive? How can you not forgive knowing Jesus has forgiven you everything? He has. Forgive. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 14, For if you give not, forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Paul the Apostle to the church at Ephesus says in, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, Be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. 
Oh, dear friend, out in the world, we forget. We, we expect people to get mad and angry and hate and not to forgive. But we as Christians must be different. We must be different. Are we different? Are you different? The reality of offenses, the response to offenses. What do we do when offenses come? Because <laughs> they're coming. Somebody sure as the world going to do something to make you mad. Say something. Do something. What do you do when offenses come? Well, you can choose, first of all, instead of being mad, you can choose to be glad. If you are doing right and you're offended for righteousness sake, you can choose to be mad or you can choose to be sad. Jesus said in Matthew chapter, 10 verse, Matthew chapter 5 verse 10, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you. They shall say all manner of evil against you falsely. What happens when somebody says something about you that's not true? I'm going to get offended. I'm going to get mad. We did that in school, didn't we? You know what? That happens in church too. So and so said that. So and so said that that they, they shouldn't have said that, or they shouldn't have wore that, or that they were. You know what? That happens in church. Blessed are men all revile you and persecute and say all manner of evil against you. For my sake, rejoice and be exceedingly glad. For great is your reward in heaven. So for so persecute the prophets which before you. How did Peter respond? He who had been offended. But you reproach for the name of Christ. Happy are ye. For the spirit of God, spirit of glory and God rests upon you. And their part is, is evil spoken of. But on your part he is glorified. So I've said it, when, when you're doing right and someone speaks evil of you, you have to make a choice. It's easy to be sad. It's easy to get mad. But Jesus said rejoice. You think they said something evil against Jesus? They said all kinds of things about Jesus and he was perfect. You and I are far from perfect and they say things about us when we try to do righteous. Dear friend, instead of being mad and sad, be glad. And suffer. For righteousness sake. That's what the apostles did. After Jesus went back to heaven, the apostles are still preaching. Peter and James and John, the apostles are preaching. And they capture them and they imprison them. And they let him go. How do they respond? They get mad. They quit. They give up. They're not just spoken evil about, evil against from the religious leaders, they're actually beaten. The Bible says in Acts chapter 5, verse 40, and, verse 40 and, and to them they agreed, and when they had called the apostles and beaten them and commanded they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. What do they do? They say, hey guys, let's all quit this thing. It's too hard. The Bible says in verse 41, chapter 5 of Acts, and they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer the shame for his name. They didn't get mad. They didn't quit. They didn't give up. Why? The cause was bigger than their beating. The cause was bigger than their shame. The cause was bigger than their problem. And if you don't realize the cause of Christ is the most important thing, you will be, you will be offended and give up. You will be. What do they do? <laughs> the Bible says in verse 42, day in the temple, in every house, they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. They went back to doing what God told them to do. Teach and preach Jesus Christ. What do you do when you're offended for righteousness sake? You rejoice. What do you do when you're offended? You get right with the other person. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 18, verse 50, moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained a brother. Someone says something about you. Someone did something about to you. It's an offense. What are you supposed to do? 
Call the whole church next day. Get the directory. Hey, you know so-and-so said something about me. Get on social media. Say some crazy things. People think you're out of your mind. No. You contact that, that person and say, brother, sister in Christ, what was said, what was done was wrong. We need to get right. That's what Christians do. They get right with one another. There's an offense. There's a problem. Now you can do a couple of things. You can ignore it. Or you can choose to get right about it. You know, sometimes in life, though, we offend people and we don't even know we offend them. You ever done that? Are y'all awake or asleep? Because everyone in you in this room have offended somebody and you didn't even know it. I raised my hand. I've done it myself. You know what is needed at that moment? We need peacemakers. Peacemakers. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. I have had peacemakers come to me and say, Preacher, you know you offended somebody? I said, No. That's the last thing in the world I want to do is be offensive. Now, the word of God is going to offend, okay? But I, as a human being, as a person, by the grace of God, I don't want to be offensive. But I've had people, peacemakers, come to me and say, hey, you offended so-and-so, you said so-and-so, and I didn't even know it. And as peacemakers, they reconciled me and another group. And sometimes God will place you in the, in the situation where you can be a peacemaker. Well, you could be that person who knows about the situation between two people who really need to be reconciled, and you get those two people to, together to the best of your ability and say, hey, did you know this happened? You need to get right with this person. Now, does that guarantee it's going to happen every time? No. I wish it's too, true. I know two sisters from high school. Known them for 30 years. You see them in high school, there were two peas in a pod. You see one, you see the other. About 12 years ago, one of them had a daughter who died in a horrible drug overdose. The sister said some horrible things during that time that should not have been said. I didn't know about that. Years later, just through social media, I picked up on something and I said to one of the sisters, Hey, how's it going on with so-and-so and you and so-and-so? We haven't spoken in years. And I said, why? Oh, you know, so-and-so, my daughter died. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I remember. I prayed for you, been praying for you for years. My sister said something that hurt me, and she told me what she said, and I said, that was hurtful. But I showed her these verses about forgiveness, and she said, I've forgiven her in my heart, but I will never speak to her ever again. The other night, I was laying in bed and I couldn't go to sleep. The whole thing kept running in my mind. I got to say something. 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 So I said to her, what if your sister called you or came to your house and said, I was wrong for what I said. Will you forgive me? About 10 minutes later, she takes me back. I forgive her in my heart. I'll never speak to her again. Please don't ever bring this up again. I text her back. The Spirit spoke to me to help you. I'll never bring it up again. But I had to do it. You see, folks, being a peacemaker doesn't always mean you're going to bring peace. But at least you go as far down the road as possible with people. The thing that we don't want to do, because we've seen the way of righteousness, that's go to your brother. The witness of God working, that's being a peacemaker. But the way of wicked, wickedness is sometimes what happens. We find it in Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 16. These six things that the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wickedness among the imaginations, feet that swift, be swift to running to mischief. In verse Proverbs chapter 6, verse 19, a false witness that speaketh lies, 
and he that soweth discord among the brethren. One of the things that God abhors is someone who calls up another person in the church and say, you know so-and-so did this? We shouldn't go, you shouldn't go to that church. You shouldn't be a part of that fellowship. Do you know they did that? You know they said that? Instead of being peacemakers, they're troublemakers. And dear friend, God abhors that. And I beg you and plead with you, if you ever get that inclination to do something like that, say no. That is not God's will for our lives. Choose to go to the person who's offended instead of speaking evil about other people. We've seen the reality of offenses, the response to offenses, and as I close, the result of offenses. What was the result of this? Well, ultimately, Judas, <laughs> his expectations of Jesus Christ wasn't met. Jesus wasn't going to become the, the, the one who would destroy the Romans and be the leader and, and make life easier for him and, and all of the Jews. And he, he, he didn't meet his expectations. And he sold Jesus, he betrayed Jesus for a kiss and 30 pieces of silver. Felt bad about it. Tried to give the money back. But ultimately, in bitterness, went out and hung himself. And in today, 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 Judas is in hell. Peter, as you know, denied Jesus three times. Bible says he went out and wept bitterly. The difference is he repented of his sin. And ultimately got right with God. And God used him in a wonderful way. And dear friend, that is what happens to all of us. Offenses come, problems come, and they will do two, one or two things in your life. They will make you better or they'll make you bitter. They will make you better or they'll make you bitter. What will it be with you? The Bible admonishes us in Psalm 34, 14. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. 1 Peter 4, 18. Above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover a multitude of sins. I believe with all sincerity is the reason why so many people are so unhappy is because they're so easily offended. So many people are so unhappy because they're so easily offended. Why? Why? Pride. The Bible says in Proverbs 13:10, only by pride cometh contention. Man, when that pride is hit, you got one or two choices. I'm right. Don't you tell me what to do. Or, I was wrong. Will you forgive me? That's the only two choices you got. That's the only two choices you got. You see, folks, the closer you get to God, the less you will be offended. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Jesus Christ, if anybody could have been offended, it would have been him. He was perfect. They beat him. His friends betrayed him. They spat on him. They laughed at him. They scourged him. They mocked him. They put a crown of thorns on him. And they crucified him. He was murdered. He was murdered. 1 Peter 3.18, For Christ also suffered, one, suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened, made alive by the Spirit. Jesus wasn't offended because his cause of dying for the sins of all mankind was greater than his personal need. The cause of Christ was greater 
than his reputation, than his personal need. And dear friends, I'm telling you, sure as you're standing, sitting here this morning, you're going to get offended. The question is, how are you going to respond to the offense? Out in this community and communities like this throughout the country, there are thousands, yea, millions of people who got offended about something. <laughs> well, they changed the color of the wall. Uh, the roof wasn't the right color. Church bought air conditioning. They shouldn't spend money on that kind of stuff. Most of the time, churches are preaching the same truth, but people get offended over silly stuff. Silly stuff. I thank God for 32 years, this church has been preaching the truth. Same book, same traditional music. But in life, people get offended because we're human beings. And when, you, when you're around people, it's just natural for people to offend one another. I was on, on that trip with 40 other people over in Israel. You know, about that second week, we kind of, kind of, you know, there were some things kind of like, you know, <laughs> we started to like get offended about stuff. But you know what? Love covers a multitude of sin. I love you more than you being late five minutes. I love you more than you sitting in my seat. I love you more than you wearing a color I really don't like. <laughs> I love you more than you not shaking my hand. I love you, though, you pull for the uh, Georgia Bulldogs instead of the Florida Gators I, or Seminoles. That's a lot of love, but, you know. I love you more than that. I love you. Love covers a multitude of sin. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. The second is likened to it. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Do you really love that person in front of you? See, preacher, how am I going to do that? You choose it. You choose it. In 20, almost 27 years of marriage, you don't think times I've offended that young lady? Oh, many a time. <laughs> many a time. But Pastor Weeby, who now is in heaven, said what you do when you offend one another, you go to each other as soon as possible, ask forgiveness, and you never speak about it ever again. That's why we've been married almost 27 years. Some of you need to go to some other people and get right with them. You've offended them. You know you've offended them. You need to go. That's, that's the Christian thing to do. The non-Christian thing to do, as sometimes Christians do, is talk bad about them. That's not what we should do. Don't be dumb. Be different. Act like a Christian. Some of you are peacemakers. You know there's a problem between two people. Would you, in love, try to reconcile those two parties being a peacemaker? Oh, dear friend, the cause of Christ is great. The cause of Christ is great. The question is, are we going to survive the offenses that happen to us in life? Father, we thank you, God, for your grace, for your mercy, for your kindness. Lord, help us in this real practical issue that we all struggle with, offenses that come. How will we deal with them? Get bitter or get better? Maybe you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior. The greatest offense could ever be is if we recognize that we're sinners and we choose not to be saved. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Our sin separates us from God. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But God in his love sent his son to shed his blood so we can have everlasting life. The Bible says God commendeth his love towards us and that while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. Oh, dear friend, Jesus Christ died for you so you could have everlasting life. Do you know him this morning? The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You can be saved with head bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around. How many of you would say, preacher, totally honest, 
I'm totally honest. Nobody's looking around, just me and God. If I had died today, I am not 100% sure I would go to heaven. If I, got, I don't, if, if I were to die today, I am not 100% sure I'd go to heaven, but I want to. Would you pray for me? Anybody be honest this morning? I'm not sure I'm a Christian. I'm not sure I'm saved. I'm not sure if I die, I'd go to heaven. I have never really placed my faith in Jesus Christ to save me from my sins. Would you pray for me? I'd love to pray for you. For you. Anybody at all this morning? Anybody at all? Anybody at all? Preacher, I'm a Christian. But there's some things in my life I know are offensive to God. There's maybe people in my life that I've offended, things I've done that are not right, relationships I have that are not right. I need to get those things right. Maybe you're a peacemaker. You want to be a peacemaker. And there's, there's, there's people you know that you need to try to reconcile. You say, preacher, there's some, there's, I want to try to, there's some things I, I want to try to reconcile with people and get, help people get right. Whatever the need, you say, preacher, I've offended people. Or preacher, I want to be a peacemaker. Whatever the need, you say, preacher, I need your prayers right now. Would you pray for me? Be honest this morning. I'm struggling, amen. I'm struggling in this area. There's some, there's some offenses and there's unforgiveness and there's, these are areas in my life where I struggle. I want to admit it to God this morning. Would you pray for me? Amen. Praise God. Someone else? Someone else? Let's stand to our feet this morning. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, we'd love for you to come. Brother, Brother Clayton, we'd love to take a Bible if you're a man and show you from the Scriptures how you can be saved. My wife, if you're a lady, would love to take a Bible and from the Scriptures show you how you can be saved. If you're struggling with something, if there's an offense, a problem, an issue, an unforgiveness, I beg you, I beg you, I don't want you to end your life in bitterness. I want you to end your life in blessing. And you can only do that when there's peace between you and God and others around you. Seek peace, the Bible says, and pursue it. Would you commit to God to pursue it, to make that phone call, text, email, visit, whatever you need to do today to be right with God and right with that other person that the Holy Spirit is bringing to your mind right now. Dear friend, I beg you, I plead with you, don't say someday, say today. As the music plays, would you do business with God? The altar's open. Would you come forward and say, Lord, I'm making a commitment to get right with somebody. I need to call. I need to write. I need to text. I need to make that commitment. I need to do it. You've been thinking about it for months, maybe years. Maybe there's a brother or sister you haven't spoken to in Christ or maybe in your family. You need to talk to. You need to get right with. Oh, dear friend, commit to do it today. Do everything you can by the grace of God to be at peace with God and other people. I plead with you to do it today.